Okay, guys, welcome to another Jesus Rant. Pastor Tom Carter, Word Without Walls Ministry. This is Season 3, Episode 44, Heart Issues. Last week, when we were talking about connections, we were talking about how important it is that we build those relationships with other people, because it's not good that man should be alone. And it's hard not to talk about the heart when you're talking about relationships, because... Any real, true, honest, deep, meaningful relationship, just like anything else in life, comes from the heart. So I want to talk about, I mean, I really just want to talk about the heart today. I have one short passage I want to read, and I have my key memory verse, and I want to read it in a couple of different ways. But really, it's, it's about the heart. That's what this whole entire life is all about. To me... This everlasting, lifelong journey is, it's a journey into the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is the heart. It's God's heart beating with love in our chests. The more that we know and experience and share the love of God that he has given to us, that he has filled us up with, Right? Because, you know, the Bible says we love because he first loved us. And uh, another translation says we love him because he first loved us. And another translation says we love each other because he first loved us. And all of that makes sense to me because, you know, like I always say, the divine order of things is for God to love us and to, for us to love him back by loving each other. So, like, that's the way that this works. We receive and release the love of God. His heart beating with love in our chests is what allows us to experience love. And since love is giving, we experience that love by receiving it and releasing it, by giving it away, by sharing it. The, the, the gift of God is eternal life. And Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And the thing that makes the abundant life abundant is love. It's a life of love. It's God loving us and us loving him back by loving each other. And to me, that's as simple as I can make it. But the, 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 the subject of love is so deep and so vast and so wide and, and honestly so important. You know, I've ranted before about how love really doesn't make sense. It's too big for us to wrap our natural mind around and we could spend our whole entire lives testing the length and the breadth and the depth and the height of God's love for us but see the way that we test that love for us is by giving it away the way that we test God's love for us and prove it to ourselves is by loving each other and and, and this all you know this all wraps in with the new commandment for the new man Jesus saying you know, this is the new commandment, love one another as I have loved you, because it all flows from the source. When we get into so much trouble in our lives, when we're looking for love in all the wrong places, we accept things that we shouldn't, and we settle thing for things that we shouldn't, and we let people treat us in ways that we shouldn't let them treat us. And you know, I always talk about how the Bible does say that you should turn the other cheek. But I don't think that that means that you should stay in a bad situation. I don't think that turning the other cheek is the same thing as standing there and letting somebody keep slapping you and slapping you and slapping you. I think not 
uh, I think turning the other cheek, excuse me, just simply means to not retaliate. If somebody hits you, then okay, turn the other cheek, walk away. You don't have to retaliate. It's it, an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. You know, you don't have to fight every fight. You don't have to wrong every, or excuse me, you don't have to right every wrong, right? Like, you, some things you can just shrug your shoulders and say, well, okay, that happened, and now I'm just going to remove myself from this situation. And a lot of times, I think the best thing that you can do, you know, when the Bible talks about praying for your enemies, when the Bible talks about, you know, blessing those that curse you, when the Bible talks about all of these really kind of radical things that it's it's almost hard for for us to do as humans a lot of times to me the best way to do that is from a distance you can pray for somebody without telling them that you're praying for them like you don't have to make a show of it you don't have to be like uh kind of shoving jesus down people's throats you don't have to you know i pray for a lot of people i it may not seem like this to, to, to some people in my life, but I, I, you know, my favorite verse in the Bible is pray without ceasing. And a lot of times that's, you know, I am, I'm, pr I'm praying quietly I'm pr or, or I'm praying silently. Uh, I like to tell this story. Um, once upon a time, uh, long, long time ago in, in my first marriage, uh, and I just saw this on Facebook the other day, uh, you know, the, the memories on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, I was praying when I fell asleep, and then I actually woke up my wife at the time by praying out loud in my sleep. So, like, <laughs> prayer is not just something you do before meals. Prayer is not just something you do, uh, you know, at certain times. Prayer is a lifestyle of being in communication with God. And I do plan on ranting about praying, and I think it's important that we understand what it is and what it isn't. And, uh, and more than anything, it's a dialogue. It's, it's speaking to God and it's listening to God. It's being still and knowing that he is God. So you can hear that still small voice deep inside of you. And you don't always have to be, again, looking for love in all the wrong places. So to me, you, you can pray for people from a distance. You can love people from a distance. You don't always have to you know, push yourself into situations that you might not necessarily need to be in. Sometimes when you try too hard, you make things worse. Sometimes the least you can do is the most you can do. And I said all of that to say, this life is about the heart. And the heart is concerned with love. Like, in the natural, in, in, in the physical, in your body, if you have heart issues, like that's a problem. Like there's something wrong with your heart, right? And, and you may need uh, some sort of surgery or, or you know, some sort of uh, dietary change or, you know, if you have heart issues, you need to do something about it. And it's kind of the same in the spiritual because, well, let me read my key verse today. It's Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And in the King James Version, it reads, Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. So that's why I called this heart issues. The issues of life come from the heart. And to me, really, to put an even finer point on it, there's really only one issue of life. And that issue is love. You know, when I talk about doing things heartily, doing things to the best of your ability because it's in your heart to do it, to me, everything that you do 
can and probably should be a labor, a labor, excuse me, a labor of love. And I think I've shared this before, but uh, when I try to impart that upon my now 12 year old, a lot of times, like I'll ask him to do something for me and, and I'll say, uh, Bob, this is a labor of love. This is something you can do because you love me. And he goes, yeah, sounds more like a labor of laziness. You just want to be lazy and you want me to do it for you. And that's not necessarily the case, but uh, you know, I can see where his, his sarcastic little mind is coming from. But when you do something for somebody else, you should do it because it's in your heart to do it. You shouldn't do it because you feel obligated. You shouldn't do it because you feel guilty. You shouldn't do it for any other reason other than, I love this person, so I'm going to do fill in the blank for them because I love them. You're not trying to get anything from them. You're not trying to manipulate them. You're not trying to, again, I, I think obligations are the worst. You should not be obligated to be nice to somebody for any reason. That's not what these relationships that we're building are for. In your relationship, you should, you know, you should treat people a certain way if you have a certain level of relationship with them, but it shouldn't be from obligation. It should be from love. And that's a big part to me of keeping your heart with all diligence. And this part can really be tricky because to me, you keep your heart by keeping it open. So many times we get burned and we want to just shut down. We want to have a heart of stone. We want to not get hurt again. It's like, you know, you touch the stove and you get burned and then you learn, well, I'm not going to touch the stove again. But when it comes to the heart, the only real, true, honest way to keep your heart is to keep it open. And, and when I say keep it open, I mean to keep it open to love. To let the heart do what it was designed and created to do, which is to receive and release the love of God. And again, you know, it, it's almost like, like sometimes when I talk to people about this stuff, it's it's almost like they don't see the flip side of this. It's like, I, I, I'm saying, we need to receive God's love and we need to love him back by loving each other. And we don't seem to realize that we receive God's love by letting other people love us. God works in mysterious ways because he works through people and people are mysterious. So when we're talking about how do we, you know, how do we receive God's love? Let somebody else love you. Get into a relationship with them and not only give, but receive. It's okay to receive good things in this life. It really is. And especially for somebody like me who, who kind of is not used to good things happening and I kind of get you know, kind of leery and weary when, when good things happen. Like I don't always trust it. Sometimes it, it seems too good to be true and like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop and we don't have to be like that. But sometimes it's not real. You know, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes people will try to manipulate you. People will use the phrase, I love you, to get what they want. And that's not what love is. Love is never about getting because love is giving. So if you're saying, if you're saying I love you to somebody in order to get something from them, that's not love. It's just not. Like you have a fundamental misunderstanding of love if you're using it to try to get something from someone. But having said that, my point is you keep your heart by keeping it open. Now the NLT, the New Living Translation, the Bible that I try to use the most because I like the kind of modern phrasing of it. I think it's easy to understand, which is a big part of my Word Without Walls ministry, as we know. Um, I want to try to make the gospel accessible. I want to try to 
get rid of the walls that will keep people away from the gospel. So I think the best translation of the Bible is the one that you can understand the best. I'm not so worried all the time about uh, quote unquote accuracy because the Bible has been translated and mistranslated and, and, and changed and lost and found. And, you know, I don't know if this is true or not because I wasn't there, but from what I understand, it, there's, there's a very good possibility that King, that uh, for the King James Version, Shakespeare, the poet, was, was you know, uh, brought in to make some of the Psalms like more poetic and, and, and sound better. And I don't know if that's true or not, but if that's true, like that, that changes the meaning of some of these things. And I do like some of the Greek and the Hebrew, and I do like to go back and, uh, and find out the definitions to some of these words so we can really understand what we're really talking about. But, and this goes right along with, you know, my heart issues uh, theme here for today's rant. I heard a story once about a guy who was having heart issues in the natural, like his heart. Uh, I don't remember exactly what was wrong with it, but he was having heart issues. And he was reading the Bible one day, and he found a verse in the Bible. I don't remember what translation he was he was doing either, but it says, "My heart is fixed." And what it meant was, "My heart is fixed on the Lord." Like my heart is set on you, my attention is set on you, I'm focused on you. But what he read was, "My heart is fixed," and he read that total and complete misinterpretation of the Bible with faith. And he said, the Bible says my heart is fixed. So I'm, I'm grabbing that. I'm believing that I'm putting my faith in that. And when he went back to the doctor, his heart was fixed because God doesn't need chapter and verse to do what he's going to do. He needs faith to do what he's going to do. And the Bible is a great tool. The Bible is a great, uh, kind of peek into, um, who, who, who God is, who Jesus is, you know, because, uh, like I said, when I was talking about the love chapter, um, it really, it's just a personal personality profile of Jesus. When you understand who and what love is, you understand who and what God is because God is love. So the, the, the point of the whole thing is not necessarily to memorize chapter and verse and be able to, you know, argue with somebody else. The point of the whole thing is to understand God better and in that way, understand yourself better. But as we're going to see when I get to my uh, passage today, it's not so much us figuring anything out as it us as it simply is us receiving who the Lord is and what he has done and letting him reveal himself to us and in us and through us and as us. You don't have to be a Bible scholar, right? Like, you, you, if you read a verse that says, my heart is fixed and you have faith that God can fix your heart, I think that that's what he wants. I think he wants us to understand him on that simple uh, faith like a child level where what he says is true. And and, and if he says it to you it, using a, a sentence that you don't understand, I think that's okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not worried about all of these kind of legalistic things that, that a lot of people get worried about. Like people want to argue about whether Adam and Eve were the first two humans that ever lived. And I don't want to argue about that. I'm not interested in that. Adam and Eve are the humans that we focus on in the story that we're telling history, which is his story, the story of 
God's relationship with man. Like people want to talk about, well, how if Adam and Eve had, you know, twin sons, how then did, did the world populate? And my answer to that is the Bible says that those two humans existed, but it didn't say only those two humans existed. Like there's a lot of things in the Bible that uh, isn't said. There's a lot of things in the, in, in the historical uh, telling of the people of Israel that isn't said. And, and you know, you, it's we get so caught up in the wrong thing so many times when really what we ought to be doing is focusing on the heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Or again, as the uh, as the NLT says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Follow your heart. Like that's my advice to everybody all of the time. Because if you follow your heart, you can't go wrong. And and a lot of times, you know, it, we struggle between the head and the heart. We struggle against things that quote unquote make sense versus things you, you know that we feel. And I always say. The heart wants what it wants and the heart's not interested in fill in the blank the heart is interested in love that's the issues of life that's what will determine the course of your life it's like they say uh you know if if you're doing something you love you'll never work a day in your life because the, you, guarding your heart your heart determines the course of your life so you need to you need to protect it you need to keep it and uh and again in 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 the english standard version proverbs 4:23 says keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life and there's another place in the bible where jesus talks about the the rivers of life flowing out of your innermost being it's that living water that really quenches your thirst and 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 really sustains you so you don't keep getting thirsty and you don't have to keep going back to the well because it's in you and it comes out of you and that's what god wants you to understand he wants you to understand that you are the well that he draws from he fills you up with his own water of life his own living water his own springs of life and then it flows out of you so instead of going around being thirsty and looking for the water you are providing the water to others that are thirsty because the water is in you and it flows out of you but you have to keep your heart with all vigilance you have to keep your heart with all diligence you have to guard your heart above all else your heart is the real, true part of you. The Bible talks in another place about the hidden man of the heart, the inner man, and about how you know uh, what you look like isn't important, and 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 you know all of these physical things they aren't important. What's important? What you wear is not important, and uh, all of these uh, external things are not important. What's important is having the right spirit. What's important is the hidden man of the heart being revealed and, and and you know like i said god reveals himself to us and he reveals himself in us and through us and as us and and you know i'm going to read uh philippians chapter 4 verses 4 through 7 in just a second to to hopefully really illustrate this and put put a bow on this so i can close up because you know i'm not going to keep you long but when we let god show us who he is it's so big and it's so powerful that we couldn't keep it in if we wanted to. So what we're really doing is we're filling ourselves to overflowing with what he has already filled us with so that what's inside of us can come out of us. And then, you know, 
once it starts to come out of us, then we can experience it in a more real way. Jesus says in another place uh, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. So there's something so powerful about giving because love is giving. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. So when we give what we have, when we give who we are, when we lay our life down for our friends, that's the greatest love that we can have. But it all comes from this knowledge, this revelation, uh, this knowledge that passes knowledge, this heart knowledge, which is so much more powerful than head knowledge, right? If you experience something, then it's much more powerful than just simply, quote unquote, knowing about it or, or reading about it or whatever. A man with an experience is never at the mercy of uh, a, a man with an argument. You may think you know, but if I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, then I know. And what I know always trumps what you think. So let me read my uh, passage here and then uh, I'll wander around a little bit more and then we'll close. Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 4, it reads in the New Living Translation, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. This is a foundation about what I call the uh, attitude of gratitude that really unlocks the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of love. I can't say this enough today because this is what's on my heart. If you're looking for love in all the wrong places, you are robbing yourself from what you've already been given. But if you have an attitude of gratitude and you're grateful and thankful, if you're full of joy in the Lord, if you're rejoicing in Him, if your heart is fixed on Him, then your heart will be fixed. If you are keeping your heart with all diligence, if you're guarding your heart above all else, or keeping your heart with all vigilance, then what's in your heart can come out because you're keeping your heart open. You're not guarding it from things. You're guarding it to make sure that it's fulfilling its purpose. And, and that's how you be full of joy in the Lord, is you let his love that's in you come out of you. You fill yourself up to overflowing with what he has already filled you up with. It's the heart issue, and it's the issue of life. It's what's this life is. It's what this life is for. It's what this life is all about. To live is to love, and to love is to live. You can't have one without the other, and you can't do one without the other. They're not disconnected. They're the same thing. If you have no love, you have no life. But if you know love, you will know life. So again, starting with verse four, it reads, "Always be full of joy in the Lord." I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. There's another verse in the Bible that I like a lot. It's one of my favorites. Of course it is. They all are. Where it talks about, and you know, I've, I think I've ranted on this recently. It talks about casting your cares upon him because he cares for you. God is our best shoulder to cry on. God is our best sympathetic ear to listen to us. He never gets tired of hearing your stories. He never gets tired of hearing what's going on with you or what you need. Or And, and, and you know, there is a part in the Bible where it talks about how you don't even need to ask him because he already knows what you need. But 
sometimes you need to ask him because you need to know what you need. You know, like I always say, I don't, I don't write and rant and preach because I think I have it all figured out. I write and rant and preach to try to figure it out. Sometimes we need to, to, to pray about things so that we know what we're dealing with in a better way, in a, in, a, in, a, in a deeper way. So never be afraid to come to the Lord with anything. Uh, again, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Nothing is too small for God and nothing is too big for him. Pray without ceasing. That's my favorite verse in the whole Bible. And, you know, uh, my dad always said my whole life, he, he, he would say his favorite verse is Jesus wept which is the shortest verse in the Bible, because it's only two words long. So I, I chose a verse that was three words long. But really, it's kind of defined my life in a lot of ways. Like I said, I'm praying all the time. If if you think I'm not praying for you, you're wrong. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for, I, I, I pray all the time. I think it's so important. And, and really, again, it's not just important for God to hear it, because he already knows it. It's important for you to hear it. It's important for you to do it. It's important for you to know where your focus is and to be able to focus on other people, not always on yourself, but to focus about other people, to, to, to esteem others higher than yourselves, to put their needs front and center. Um, you know, there's so many times, especially when I'm driving and I see somebody, you know, wilding out or whatever, I'll just say a quick prayer, Lord, let them get where they're going safely so they don't hurt themselves or anybody else. And to me, it's that quick, it's that simple, it's that easy. Just having that constant communication with the Lord, that constant communication uh, with with uh, the Holy Spirit, that constant communication with, I'm not trying to do this on my own. I don't want to do this on my own. I know I can't do this on my own. This is not about my heart. This is about God's heart beating with love in my chest. So we keep our heart, we guard our heart, by keeping it open to love, by guarding it from doing anything other than what it was created to do. And verse 7 says, well, let me back up. I'll do verse 6 again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. How do we guard our heart? By praying and letting God's peace guard our hearts for us. He guards our hearts and our minds with his peace. When you when you have the peace of the Lord, when you feel peaceful in him, when you know that, you know, dad's got your back, the creator of the universe has it covered. You've given it to him. You've cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. You've let go and let God. You put it in his hands. You know, I, I, I always quote the uh, the Punisher movie where, where he talks about uh, he's going to get revenge. And his friend says, go with God. And he says, God's going to sit this one out. God never sits it out. He's he, he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's always right there with us. So when we can put a situation in his hands, that doesn't mean that we don't do anything. It simply means we let our hands be his hands. We let him move in us and through us and as us. We let him do what he has a mind to do in us and through us and as us. Rest is not inactivity. It's Holy Spirit directed activity. So when we're uh, when we're experiencing this peace of God, it's not because um, we're hiding from anything or avoiding anything. It's because we are doing what we were created to do. 
it's like me and my writing. When I'm writing, I feel like I'm doing what I was created to do. Like that's who I am at a very, very deep level. And, you know, it's different for everybody. I'm not saying you need to be a writer. I'm saying you need to do that thing that you were created to do. Whether, you know, so for some people it's music, for some people it's acting or, or writing. For some people it's none of those things. You know, it doesn't have to be artsy. It can be athletic. It can be anything. Whatever you, whatever sets your soul on fire and whatever makes you feel the most you, that's what you were created to do. Do it for God, you know, submit your life to him, submit your works to him. It wasn't until I started writing Jesus stuff that I ever even finished writing anything. I would start something and I would lose steam on it or lose momentum on it or lose interest in it. But when I started writing Jesus books and Jesus not, you know, now I've written a lot of books and, and I've self-published quite a bit of them and I've even sold a few of them. So it's God that makes this whole thing go. It's his heart beating in our chests. It's his heart saying, I love you with every beat of his heart in our chest. The heart issue is love. So when we focus on love, we're focusing on each other because love is giving. It's not about getting love. It's about giving the love that you have. It's not about finding love. It's about knowing that you have his love inside of you and filling yourself up with what he has already filled you up with so that it can come out of you. That's what this life is for. That's why we were created and that's how we experience it to the fullest. By letting God love you and loving him back by loving each other. That's the whole point of the whole thing. And that's why we connect with each other. That's why we build these relationships with each other so that we can love each other. And so that we can love each other in a better way, in a deeper way, in a stronger way. That's why we build these relationships. It's simply so that we can experience love in a better way with each other. So that's what was on my heart. That's what I wanted to say. Thanks, guys. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that I've written on there. They're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because I don't like to pay a lot of money for books and I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. Um, if you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant, um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it. And you can, you can support it, excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it, uh, helping other people listen, find it and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it, to, uh, to help me to get the word out, which, you know, as we know by now is, is my heart, is just getting this word out, Word Without Walls Ministry. Um, so just thank you for your support. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.